Welcome to the Meet Hope Podcast, where we have conversations about faith and hope. Hope is one church made of people living out their faith through two expressions, in person and online. We believe a hybrid faith experience can lead to a growing influence in our community and our world for the sake of others. Welcome to Hope. Hey, everybody. It's Jeff Bills. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Meet Hope podcast. Uh, We're in a series where we're talking about faith in real life, in our real life circumstances and situations. And today, uh, our focus is on finance. I know for some of you, that's a terrifying part of uh, life. For others of you, you're much more comfortable, perhaps, and uh, knowledgeable about it. Uh, but it's a great subject for us to uh, to talk about and how our faith informs our finances. And I'm joined today by a good friend of mine, Mike Byrne. Mike, good to have you with us. Great to be with you, Jeff. Looking forward to this. So Mike is a uh, financial advisor. We'll get to that in just a moment, but uh, let's start by introducing you to our audience. Uh, tell us a little bit about about you. You're married. You've got a family. Yep. So I'm married. I have two children. They're grown now, uh, 30, 32 and 29. Mm. We started coming to Hope when they were in mops, uh, which puts them around two or three years old. Yeah. I remember so, watching Kevin and Kelsey yeah. both growing up. <laughs> yeah. They're the same age as Josh and Matt. Yeah. Uh, and a couple of grandkids. Of a uh, couple of grandkids. We have a uh, grandson who's two and a half, and a granddaughter who's six months old. So that's a whole new chapter of our lives. How exciting! Um, so you said you've been coming to Hope for how long? For about thirty years, twenty-five years. Yeah. Um, and how'd you guys end up coming to Hope? Do you remember? So it's interesting. Um, I had been raised uh, strict Catholic. Um, mm. Have those roots, which are great roots to have. Yeah. And. Uh, as I got into college, fell away from the church. Um, as we were beginning to have children, started to relook at our lives and said, you know what, I think this needs to be a pillar in us. So we were looking for a church, and I think you happened to come to Mops one time, and my wife said, hey, this young guy came, and he's got a pretty cool story. Why don't we go check him out? And we walked into Hope, and we never changed. Mm. People still refer to me as that young guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's all relative. <laughs> It's only my relatives the, are saying that. For the two of us, we're young. <laughs> In this room, yeah. we're very young. So for your own growing up, uh, so you're, you're being raised in the Catholic faith and, and so forth, but um, specifically around finance, uh, what, was, what was the experience uh, as a kid growing up uh, in your household uh, around the issue of finances? So in our house, it wasn't something that was talked about around the kids, but every Sunday afternoon, my mom and dad would do the bills, and we lived in a house, I figured out, we had about $10 of expenses every week and about $9 of money. So there was a lot of stress on Sunday afternoons uh, that me and my brothers and sisters would kind of duck and just uh, watch the strife that went on, and it was... Uh, it was something that uh, made an impression on me. Do you think that uh, had anything to do with your decision to go into finance, or was that a different thing? No, I think it was a different thing. My decision was more of a career change. Ten years I was uh, working in another field and chose to go into it. I was in the process of getting a master's degree. 
I was looking for uh, an occupation where I could be rewarded financially for uh, for my work, and and that 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 was the opportunity. And I was exposed to it by a couple of uh, classmates, and and chose to go into it. But it's it's been a great career because it's a career where you're helping, you're truly helping people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Talked a little bit about uh, the family you grew up in in finance. Um, then you and Sharon, uh, like you said, you had uh, Kevin and Kelsey. And uh, how did you approach finance with your kids? So watching my parents navigate that space indirectly without any guidance, I wanted to be much more thoughtful. Yeah. Um, and I think that's sometimes the shortcoming of our parents become our strength if we react to them properly. Mm. So I chose that to... Um, did, did some reading um, because uh, my client base wasn't working with um, seven-year-olds. But um, what we did is we created a couple of things. One is we, we read something and I said, this makes great sense. We created three jars. We had a giving jar, we had a spending jar, mm-hmm. and we had a savings jar. Yeah. And then we coupled that. What I did is on our street, great neighborhood, lots of kids – I was the dad who gave the biggest allowance of anyone on that street. Really, And the reason I did that is um, what I wanted my children to know is how to make purchase decisions, how to make cost-benefit decisions. So although I gave them the largest allowance, um, at the end of the day, their take-home pay wasn't that great because <laughs> they were responsible. So when my son wanted sneakers, if he wanted those high-end sneakers that were at the time uh, $100, okay, I'm paying $50. The rest of it's coming out of your money, Mm. right? If you wanted a video game, hey, that's coming out of your money. Okay. My son quickly was buying sneakers on sale, was buying uh, used games at the video store Mm. and taking his old games and trying to sell them back. So he quickly was starting to learn about the cost benefit of money, which was the intended purpose. Great lesson. Uh, Now we did a second thing to it because remember there's three jars. Right. Right. So the giving jar, okay. um, My son would come and dump his change into the the basket at Hope. Yeah. Um, The spending jar, he had that down. But that savings jar we had to figure out, had to make that meaningful because just sticking money in a jar isn't too meaningful to a kid. So uh, created the bank of dad. So the bank (laughs) of dad is you got 10% interest per week. It was like loan shark rates the other way. (laughs) That's awesome. So he was getting 10% a week. Can I get into that bank? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'll tell you how that evolved. Okay. So he got pretty smart. He had $5 in there, then $10. And then all of a sudden it was $25. And now it's $100 in there. Wow. And all of a sudden he's growing this and he's getting 10% a week. (laughs) And now he's like, the spending jar was getting very little. The savings jar was getting a lot more. So we had to cut. We had to change the program, you know, but the, but by the time we changed the program, the lesson had been learned. Love that. What a great practical way of uh, teaching your kids uh, about finance and money and, and so forth. Tell about, uh, um, in terms of marriage. So, so for folks listening, uh, it may be younger families, uh, or a couple just starting out. Um, how did, how did you and Sharon navigate uh, finances as a couple? So it's it's a balance. So I think as in years of working with families, what I find is there's a division of labor in every good marriage. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're each responsible for different things. But I'll, when it and and we do that, we do have a division of labor. But when it comes to a couple of key things, when it comes to our spending, and when it comes to our children, 
that is no longer division of labor. That's a collaboration. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to spending, we go through the pros and cons together. We navigate that space together and we come to thoughtful conclusions. Okay. Um, Yeah. And never an argument, I'm sure, and all of that. That just I got to tell you, we've had disagreements, but we've had arguments about my behavior and lots of other things. <laughs> but we we haven't had arguments about that. That's we've great. had heavy lobbying on one side or the other. Maybe it could be construed, but um, but no, it's it's been thoughtful, and it's been uh, I'm I'm blessed to have uh, you know Sharon, who is someone who is collaborative with those types of things, and we navigate that space together. That's terrific. So pivot here a little bit. In a conversation I had with you a while back, you mentioned this word frugal, and this is a word that it's it's antiquated kind of word, and it's got a, a lot of negative baggage with it. I hear frugal, and of course, I, you just start thinking of cheap. But you had a different take on that. Share that with us. Yeah, so frugal oftentimes people say is cheap. Um there's a difference. There's a, uh, and John Templeton in his book, Thrift and Generosity, really takes this apart well. But frugalness is the responsible use of our resources, mm-hmm. both our time, our talents, but mostly it's uh, 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 attached to money. Okay. So it's how do we responsibly use our money? So cheap is when your purpose is for just your own self-gain. I don't want to give money to that person, so I'll have more. Mm. That's a self-interest. Okay. Frugal is a responsible way to handle resources. So I want to be frugal with my resources because if I'm frugal, that leaves more resources available, one for my family, a two for my church, organizations I care about, my community. So being a responsible and frugal, I consider a very positive trait. In uh, theological terms or in scriptural terms, we would we'd probably talk about uh, steward, somebody who is a steward. So everything that we have is a gift from God, our money, our time, our talents, our, you know, everything that we have is a gift from God. And we're stewards, we're caretakers of that. And so very similar to this idea of, of frugal uh, uh, description. So... I, I love that a lot. I want to talk now about these challenging times that we are in. Um, so, you know, you know as well as anybody that uh, we're in a high inflationary time. Uh, some people are really struggling. Uh, their salaries haven't necessarily kept up with inflation and so forth. What What do you say to folks who are struggling uh, with their finances? So, so the first thing is you have to break free of something. You have to break free of something we are constantly bombarded with. Um, and we're bombarded with the fact that things bring happiness. Mm. So when we turn our TVs on, when we see ads, when we go on social media, right. things bring happiness. Yeah. And, and, and I'll tell you, they do. It's just very very temporary. (laughs) So you get a new car, you get a new, whatever it is that you want, a new dress, a new clothes. It brings temporary happiness. Then the payments come, then the gloom of the responsibility and the overspending uh, come over Mm. top of you. So we need to break through, through that and more bombarded with it. So we have to know where it's coming from. And what we need to do is say, how do I act responsibly? How do I act responsibly on behalf of my family, my community, and how can I frugally address this issue? And when, when I tell people, when they come to my office and they're struggling with this, 
I, I let them know, number one is there is no silver bullet. There's not like you're going to refinance your house and all of a sudden you got ten, uh, $100 more every week that you right. can spend. It is a thousand different decisions you make during the week. Mm. Is it... Do I need all my streaming services? Do I need four TVs getting cable? Do mm. I need Starbucks every morning? Do I need to buy these things? Yeah. Um, so all those decisions come, and and it's those decisions that can frugally you can make responsible decisions to say how do I get my income and my expenses in line. Mm. So then, uh, on the hope side of things. Um, what what's a word of hope for somebody who may be struggling financially? So it's difficult because once people have set their lifestyle high, moving backwards is difficult. Yeah. But once you get to that place, that place of equilibrium, there's a sense of peace. There's a sense uh, it is far greater than the sacrifice you'll make. That sense of peace, knowing that you have your family and your personal situation in the right place, will give you contentment. But it's not anything worth having isn't easy to get. It's a difficult thing. It requires changing lifestyle. And it requires maybe you're not going to be able to do some of the things that the other people in the neighborhood. So maybe you're not going that trip to Cancun and those sacrifices. But I would also tell you one thing I learned as a young man that my parents didn't talk about that. So it's a great opportunity for parents to talk with their children, hey, Right now, we're struggling with this. This is where we're at, and here's what we're going to do as a family. It's a great opportunity to educate so when those children have their own families, they know how to navigate that space thoughtfully and intelligently and prayerfully. And and just as we're kind of coming to the end here, um, you talked about generosity and, and your own uh, understanding of, of generosity, um, and it Coming from a financial advisor, it sounds different than coming from a pastor because when I talk about it, people think I'm begging. Um, but I, I love saying to folks, I want generosity for you, not from you. When you think about generosity, um, what's that bring to mind for you? So when I think when I first started on the path of generosity, Jeff, and I know you and I talked about it Bible studies probably 15 years ago. I was sure. trying to navigate that space, and I started off obligatorily giving. Um, because, all right, I need to give. But I'll tell you, I've had a huge evolution. Um, and I've watched some of my clients who have helped me navigate this space. But what I find is that true generosity, there, there's an expression, you can't outgive the Lord. Mm -hmm. So once you walk down that path where you participate, so when you're giving to hope, when you're giving to urban promise, right. What you're now is you're participating in the difference that God is making in the lives of others. It is a huge, I, I can't tell you, here's, the, here's what I can tell you. 35 years working with people that have significant wealth and some that don't. What I can tell you is everyone, not most, every single one that ever embarked upon a path of thoughtful generosity, some people call it tithing, but it's yeah. generosity to the church, yep. to world vision, to urban promise, to homeless, whatever it be, right. but a thoughtful, regular giving. I have never, even with the ebbs and flows of income, I've never seen anybody say, you know what, we're going to cut back on that. Mm. Because the true joy and the contentment they get from that giving, they don't want to part with that, being part of that. And when you think about it, when you unpack this as we get older, we realize that really this money that we've been given 
we're just temporary custodians of yeah. it. And how do we thoughtfully use it? So it's been a, it started off as an obligation. Uh, maybe that Catholic guilt came in, but mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, it's been a great, joyful, and contenting journey to deep, de- uh, delve deeper into generosity and how it works. Which is exactly why we want generosity for people and not from people. And uh, so, man, thanks, Mike, for that. Um, just lastly, you mentioned a book by John Templeton. Is that something you would recommend for folks? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Thrift and Generosity, John Templeton. Okay. Um, very short book, uh, easy read, but okay. just packed with just insightful things that will really um, help you navigate this space. Fantastic. Hey, this has been great. Uh, There's so much more I'd love to ask you about, but our time here is up. Uh, If you have questions about finance, if you're struggling with finance, um, shoot me an email, uh, jeff at meethope.org. I'm not a financial expert, but I know financial experts, and uh, we'd love to connect you with somebody like Mike. We have others uh, in our congregation, men and women, uh, who uh, are in the financial realm Uh, who have offered their services to help uh, somebody who might be in need. So thanks a lot for tuning in to uh, this episode of the Meet Hope podcast, and I hope you all have a great day. Mike, thanks again. Thank you. Great spending time with you, Jeff. Thanks for being a part of the Hope community as we continue our conversations about faith and hope. If you don't already, please join us for worship on Sundays or on demand. You can learn more at meethope.org or find us on socials at Meet Hope Church.